6-6-deuterated glucose is a very nice measure of um, peripheral glucose disposal. Because as I said, it, the, 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 deuter the deuterium on 6-6 doesn't disappear until you reach a TCA cycle. So if you look at this, uh, as opposed to what you see in the clamp, as opposed to what you see in the constant Twenty-seven millimolar glucose, and here you don't see the insulin changing very much. And here, this is the MKR mouse. It disposes of glucose faster. That's why I'm saying there's a difference. But if you look at it, back to indirect calorimetry, why I love it so much. MKR in, in its periphery is disposing of it of, of it to a, in response to a, a, to glucose faster than the wild type. Now this makes sense because you don't okay. If you're saying that this dynamic test whatever it is, is causing increased glucose disposal, measure glucose transport. And here's the, here's the it's GLUT1. So, you know, having about this is, is that weight, you know, it's a hyperlipidemic model. What's going on with lipids in the tissue? Well, it has increased levels of DAGs and TAGs. Um, triglycerides have been measured in MKR muscle long before we did it. It's always elevated. No one measured diacylglycerols before, so my, you know, but we measured it. And lo and behold, here's your wild type. Here's your um, MKRs. Triglycerides is more, is more evident. Not the most impressive, but it's higher. And so um, it leads you to, to make to fuel utilization. So it's kind of interesting. Anyway, so I, I wasn't satisfied. I wanted to say, you know, there should be something. So we developed, uh, you know, we, we uh, Worked with pathology, and we got the ATPase assays working. Cytochrome C, and it's um, um, ATPase assay. And so the clear when it's clear at this pH, it's a type one fiber. It's purely oxidative. Dark, okay. It's 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 mixed. So you can see here that um, like there's just more of it. There's more uh, type 2 fibers, and there's an increase in the amount of type 2 to type 1 in, uh, in soleus muscle. And it's hard to see from here. Okay? It's much more evident in the, in the paper if you want to look it up. But uh, cytochrome C oxidase, uh, this is the same one. It's lighter than these. So the muscle fiber itself has changed. The muscle fiber itself has, has um, something happening from development. The IGF-1 is not something that's turned on. This IGF-1 transgenic is there from conception. So it, 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 could, it could affect muscle development. And what it looked like is, is that it fibers. So now with this, you can relate them all. You have the indirect calorimetry that says more glucose oxidation. You have the, the uh, glucose transporters that say it's elevated. 
um, the table isoglucose tolerance test that says you have more glucose disposal. And now you have structurally a, a reason for it. You say, look, there's less fatty acid, you know, oxidative type 1 fibers, and there's more of an evolution to something that can utilize glucose. where dynamic glucose disposal may be more related to calorimetry and more related to, to what's happening at the level of the muscle fiber itself, while static, you know, static is very high. Static, having high insulin resistance with a static clamp doesn't, doesn't try to investigate this. In fact, it wouldn't even be able to possible to, to understand it, okay? Because so it's more related, perhaps, to, to the events that occur with... Um, having intramuscular lipids elevated. Now we're going to get into, into how we got led to there. Junction between uh, glycolysis and fatty acid oxidation. Here you have a model that it's clearly. OK. So, background for ventilation. Um, this came out of a review by John. Here he shows the glycolytic are ones that have been identified as having acetylations. The ones in blue, no one's seen yet as being acetylations. There's very few of those. I could tell you, when you do this global acetylation, you'll see a thousand hits. The issue of so, you know, and that gets you an idea of what is specific, what is non-specific. So if everything's acetylated, right, is it just not 60 acetyltransferases, believe it or not. You know, the E. coli has one PB of 16. We have 60. We have a, a more complex, uh, um, seven of them, C. elegans has four of them. So, but whether it's glycolysis, whether it's glycogen, with glycogen metabolism, whether it's fatty acid metabolism, whether it's urea cycle, everything is acetylated. The issue is, how do you look at what is the functionality or what is the importance of a particular acetylation? I'm also including this. So, Dangoni showed the metabolic pathways. There's, there's heavy acetylation of all the respiratory chain components. And this, you know, ATP synthase is. of ATP synthase. And phosphorylation is also in all the, in all the respiratory chain. All, the entire respiratory chain is, has, has phosphorylation, is phosphorylated on certain residues. So here look at it. In, in ATP synthase. Effects and insulin resistance. And here you see this. So and you can say that, you know, family history of insulin-resistance individual. Well, you know, if you want to think about uh, on a molecular level, it's ATP synthase that making the ATP. So what post-translational modification is not just an entire metabolic network that's, you know, and that the respiratory chain just lies there passively, and it's the rest of the network. It may be that there are changes because in acetyl-CoA levels, because you have hyperlipidemia in diabetes. So, so if you have a, uh, a, an abnormal regulation with acetyl-CoA, you can have an abnormal, it would stand as a hypothesis, a working one. And it may affect the respiratory chain itself, and it does. So, oh, here's, I put it in here. I where I put it. So here's the, the deuterate glucose. Oh, it says, you see, you put in equal amounts of two and six six. So if you look at these dots, the, the black ones, this is, here's a two and six. And glucokinase phosphorylates it, and you lose the two. Okay, when you go between glucose 6-phosphate and fructose 6-phosphate, you retain the 6-6. Six, six. 
six retains all the way down until you get to here. So it can come, you can get to And if, it, if the glucose is taken up, you can see that in the blood, just measuring the blood, okay, six. So you start out with it equal to one, and then it'll go, it'll decrease. Oh, this is the setup we developed. This isn't done in my lab. It's done in the proteomic center at the University of Washington. But we have, you know, mass spec people know each other. So um, here's a great setup. And so you start out, so you start with mouse. And then you, um, you test the protein. And then you, you want to, the, the trick to do the trick. It's it's you you want to get um, really nice trypsinization of your protein. Well, you know, if your protein is convoluted and tangled and so on, you're not gonna be able to do that. And and so here's the acetylation. Okay, with um, uh, your antibody. And then you and you see, we don't separate. You'll see papers, and they separate out the nucleus, and they'll separate out um, uh, the cytoplasm, and they'll run 2D gels, and then they'll they'll pick their dots based upon the fact that you know they'll they'll use their And if they see increased acetylation, they don't they don't get decreased. If they see increased dots, okay. When you do it this way, what you get is um, the area under the curve for each one of the peptides that are acetylated. And, and you can see increased acetylation or decreased acetylation because it's not just if the acetylations are forming salt bases structurally on the protein, then having increased acetylation decreasing, there's also a mechanism. Okay, now what, what else is sirtuins doing in, in the mitochondria? Here's kind of a summation of um, sort of get you into. Now we picked seven tissues, okay? and um, these are the ones that have, um, with one exception, white fat was just picked to, to uh, contrast to brown fat, but all the other six, um, liver, brown fat, uh, heart, skeletal muscle, kidney, and brain, these are your highest glucose, uh, highest um, oxygen utilization tissues for the amount of mass, okay? And so especially when you want to take a look, uh, oxygen utilization is related to ATP production, and since you're trying to understand oxfast defects and perhaps the role of acetylations in the respiratory chain, you would want to start with these tissues. Now, up to this point, no one has really done a full, uh, people pick one tissue or another, and it, and fed state. Here's an idea of the fasting. So you have liver, brown fat, white fat, heart, skeletal muscle, kidney, and brain. And these are the same peptides. These are the 100 top peptides. So what you're doing is you're looking at uh, the acetylation of this one, of this particular peptide for all these tissues. And you can see that the liver, this peptide is important. I mean, it is important in acetylation. It's very important here. Okay, if you look at this group here, one that extends all the way down, this involves ATP synthase and creatinine um, kinase, but it's, this is definitely one of the ATP synthase subunits. This one over here involves also um, one of the cytochrome C subunits. So you can see there's a there's a reason for why the big ones are, are across, you know, all all the tissues. The reason why these functions of acetylation in each tissue. Okay. Or visual, and so all a heat map is is a bumping intensity, base ten of whatever the refed intensity area under the curves for these, uh, or fast refed to fasted, and so there's a fasted five hour refed, and so if it's red to faster is up. So you see more acetylation in the, in the 
fed state as opposed to the fasted. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, you should have more COA or not depends on the defect. It depends on the need for the tissue. Some tissues may utilize fatty acids more. It's going to change. Different, I would think, and that's what we found. It has to be different. of refed to fed, and the black is, there's no change. Refed to fed is, is, is equal to one thing. Here's red, which means it's increased. These are just the peptide numbers, because uh, instead of the top 100 peptides, this is just, when you, when you do this, peptides. And so this is based on those numbers. And these are blocks. This is not just one a block that's elevated. Elevated and, and these are decreased. Are virtually the same. Brown fat, you know, they're upregulated. So you see there's a specific difference in fasted refed. Metabolic flexibility for each tissue, not in terms of muscle, but it's really for each tissue. Metabolic flexibility is just the ability to switch from one substrate to another, from the fasted to the refed state. And what you want example of, of tissue-specific metabolic flexibility. And so here you're seeing it for a heart um, uh, skeletal muscle. And despite the fact that they're both muscles, they're really different. You know, heart, these are down-regulated. Skeletal muscles are some of that are up-regulated. A lot of them are constant. You have this radically different. You have this radically different. So, and it makes sense because the muscle and the skeletal uh, heart muscle and skeletal muscle have, have a different network, and they're going to respond to fasted refed conditions differently. And here's brain. Now, kidney actually uses quite a bit of, of oxygen utilization, and um, uh, so does brain, but the brain is not as fat as the kidney is. Another way of looking at it. So, for um, this um, whole quad, Ground, okay. It's it's a mixed muscle, and you know the issue of, of going to separate ones. One you want to see mitochondrial, and you need to have a. And so you can identify what mitochondrial um, uh, enzymes are affected simply from the global scan, and it takes a lot of muscle tissue, about a gram. The liver, we could do this for individual mice. Okay. Helps us with statistics. But for brown fat, for heart muscle, for, for all these others, you know, we had to pool them because the amount of tissue is so. So this would be a pool of five samples from the wild type and a pool of five samples from the yeah, an equal amount taken from each. And so um, this is another way of looking at it. These are the top 100 peptides. And so here's the liver, and this is the log of the There's a tenfold difference for this particular protein between the, the acetylation from the fast and the fed state. And these are decreased. And again, here, for brown enormous differences here. This is the Half one of these are the same peptides from each tissue. But, but look at what the liver is doing as opposed to what the brown fat is doing. Uh, this is white fat, which Here's heart. Heart is a hell of a lot different than skeletal muscle. Um, and so it needs more upregulation. And here's brain. This, to summarize this part, okay, metabolic flexibility, the issue of switching from, from one us to muscle. For all the tissues that um, uh, are, are highest oxygen utilization for the amount of mass, this would lead you to believe that there are um, uh, different networks controlling different fuel utilizations from the, from the fasted to the refed state. So getting back to the MKR, because okay. that was all normals. Those were all FEBMs. Okay. So um, uh, what about 
got insulin resistance. So that's why the MKR is neat. Because the MKR, in one shot, you get secondary insulin resistance and you get primary. And it allows you to see, you know, back and think about the calorimetry and think about the glucose disposal and think about all the measurements we made with stable isotopes. Does it have any relevance? And so um, one thing you see if you contrast most of the stable isotope stuff we've done is delivered to muscle, core recycling, hepatic glucose production, peripheral versus hepatic glucose disposal. Um, so it, it really highlights the fact that liver has a different metabolic flexibility than muscle because there aren't cytosolic uh, acetylations that are significant. Um, a fat to be fed to the liver, a fat to be fed to the Was catalase. Um, uh, studies that were done years and years ago for people who were just interested in the function of catalase. The more you acetylate it, the more it falls apart. And because um, they do this just with chemical reagents. What the star means is that there's decreased. from the faster to refed states. Now, whether or not that means that there's less of a need because there's the, the uh, instead of having you know, a leakage um, in the respiratory chain that's significant, in the faster refed state, if it's operating normally, you may have less leakage because it's all going straight through. So the need for, for detoxification by catalase may be less. To acetylacetyl CoA. This is involved in, in um, fatty acid oxidation. It switches the position of fatty bonds prior to the hydration, and then, okay, but here's ATP synthesis. So here, late back to you know, the acetylations you've seen before, and you can see that normal. Okay, in the transition between the fast and free fed state, there's a significant acetylation of this particular subunit of ATP synthase. Here in the MKR mouse. Here's the MKR mouse with um, uh, Here the acetylation is increased function of ATP synthase. Which you don't know if it, right now I can't tell you if it increases or decreases it. We have a lot of work to do. Is is the malate shuttle? Now the malate shuttle, you know, this is this is fundamental to to um, genesis. It's fundamental to bringing in NADH cytosol into the mitochondria. You don't see it here in the liver, but in the MKR, part of this this oxidative phosphorylation defect, there there's a decrease in acetylation here. And I can't tell you right now, we're going to see this is part of what we can do with the functional evaluation by metabolomics. So, and I'll show you some evidence that this does have an effect at the end. I'll show you a few metabolites. But you can look at the metabolites that are, uh, and try to relate them to the activities of, you know, by saying, you know, if the substrates and the products are different and, and there's a difference in acetylation, maybe there's a cause and effect. So, and here, for, instead of, Is um, has increased whether this increases the formation. Well, normally, at least, but what we did see is that you know the switch for muscle between you know fatty acids utilization and glucose utilization between the fed and the fasted state. And look, here, these are involved in, in action of the skeletal muscle. This is involved in activation of the muscle. It binds oxygen. Uh, here's creatinine kinase, which is status of muscle. And this is crucial for um, glycolysis. It, it, it catalyzes the breakdown of um, the last uh, full six-carbon uh, a unit in glycolysis, fructose 1,6. This catalyzes it to the, to the breakdown of 6 
tetriophosphates. So it's enormously important in the glycolytic pathway. Now, all these changes for in uh, the MKR muscle, it might lead you to suspect that these inhibit glycolysis in some way. And here it's speeding it up. You know, we saw a difference in the fiber types, a difference in glucose disposal, right? We see in the, the, in the respiratory quotient, which, which means increased glycolysis, and increased uh, glucose utilization. So you see wild types, they're gone here. And again, nothing here. The malate-aphartate shuttle shows up again. So perhaps there's not only a problem with the glycolytic pathway, there's a problem in shuttling the NADH to the mitochondria. It's, it's, uh, so here's a malate alpha So, metabolites okay. so, itself. Well, we started to do this. We're getting the fast and refeds just this week on the NKRs. This is four-hour fasted, okay, which was a way of exploring, you know, in between fasted and fed. 